once again to the Get Real Podcast. This is the November 2018 edition. Wow. And it's been a month since we've been with each other the last time. It absolutely has. And that's about as much as I can take of you. <laughs> For people that haven't realized the pattern yet is that we put a podcast out a month. I don't know why people have to take me in doses. That's okay. I've, I, I can dig it. I've lived a life with myself. But it's really not that. It's that a lot happens in between the four weeks that we record a podcast, edit it, put it together in our walk with the Lord. And I think it's better that we wait some time instead of just doing one every day or that's for us. That's oh, just absolutely. The way we absolutely. This is non-Pastor Dan and, and un-Pastor and Glenn. Un-Pastor Glenn. And one of the things that I really enjoy about being able to express ourselves with freedom is that there's not going to be a church split. There's not going to be a bunch of little old ladies fighting in the parking lot. We we can talk about things. We're not going to get our frock all up in a wad, right? <laughs> right, exactly. if, if we question something that's very difficult. We want to connect with you. Both of us are huge heavy metal fans. Okay? Huge. Totally. Huge. We love metal. I like a lot of punk. I like a lot of different genres, but we connect on metal. And it's not just about metal is what this podcast is about. It's about the psyche behind metal. It's about the questioning. It's about the passion. It's about the yearning that there's things in the world that since you blossomed in consciousness as a toddler and you said, why did my goldfish die? Right? Right. You're wondering about life and death and the journey in between. And it's kind of... um. It's kind of no rules Indian stickball out there. It's like rugby, you know. It's life is tough. The subject that we want to talk about today is evil in the world. If there's a God, Glennard Skinner, right? Mm-hmm. We're up here in the fishbowl. Right. Uh-huh. Big topic. Why is there evil in the world? Why do bad things happen to me and you? And a lot of times, it does seem like they happen to the best. They do. Unmetal quote, but even Billy Joel said, and why do the good die young? Yeah, it does seem like that. It does seem that way. And we know there's a lot of things we can draw from from Scripture, and there's a lot of things we do believe, okay? But our belief, and you correct me if I'm wrong, just expressing what I really believe, that's Mm -hmm. untypical about non-pastor and unpastor. We believe, but we don't believe because we're using some groupthink, some sort of religion to extract resources from the flock or extract, um, what is it, um, ego jollies from a congregation of people, right, So that keep us going. We really believe because through the thick and the thin and the pain and the loneliness and all the things that we've, we've endured as humans, not saying like you and I, you know, well, our life has been a cream puff compared to a lot of people. In yeah, really, suffer, really, especially in people in third world countries. Yeah, no, no. It, but it's like we believe genuinely because of that uh, that heavy metal drive, which I think is very theological. It's people that can handle looking at brutal truth. They can ask very difficult, upsetting questions. Right. Right. So evil in the world. Let's let's talk about it. What What are your thoughts, Glenn? Here's my thoughts, and this is what brought us to this edition of the Get Real Podcast is two metal songs in particular that have gotten people kind of in a stir a little bit, especially the first one. And we're going to one of my favorite metal bands of all time, Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Totally terrified me as a kid. (laughs) Totally terrified me as a kid. But really, if you look and listen to what they say, it is almost, I'd say, 80 to 90% theologically correct. 
And a lot of people miss that because I think a lot of people, if they're fundamentalists or lean towards that side, they hear, oh, the loud guitar, the screaming, the distortion, that's devils, devils, devils. And they ignore the actual message that's coming through. Well, even that, look at Ozzy Osbourne himself. He's a hot mess. Oh, yeah. He's a totally hot mess. And a lot of people wonder, well, how could he say something that's theologically correct if he's a hot mess? Well, I have to ask the same question about myself. Because just as Ozzy Osbourne has issues, I got issues. And Dan, I hate to break it to you. Dude, you got you got some issues we Dude, need to talk about no. afterwards. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> I've never been so insulted in my life. Everybody else is a liar. I'm the only truthful one. Everybody else deals with all these other things like that. No, seriously, people. He, Glenn is right on. That's one of the few times. Okay. But, <laughs> I got something right. Hey, everybody, I got something right. <laughs> I did it! Oh, yeah. Did I get a cookie? His ego is shining now. But, no, really, we're all completely messed up. We all got baggage. Total depravity is a real deal. And if anybody's honest and makes a clear assessment, you probably feel like a piece of, hmm, scheitza? Was that translated in Europe? Sorry. Or we get banned. Yeah, something like that. Don't get your frock in a wad. But, But the song that really spurred this... Is the Black Sabbath song that came out on their album 13 not too long ago. So this is a relatively recent Black Sabbath song. And it's God is Dead. And a lot of people get all upset. And they're, oh, you know, they're saying that God is dead. Well, there's a question mark after the God is Dead in the, in the actual title of the song. So we, we can't miss that. And it's interesting because I was reading an interview with Ozzy Osbourne about what inspired the song. And reading the interview was like, trying to listen to him talk because it's... I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't talk like all Sharon! I, I, I just can't do it. I think there's a little bit of pickling there, a few substances, maybe along the way. <laughs> maybe just along a couple. the way. But what's, real, what's really interesting, though, is that despite the substances and the, and the brain not fully functioning like yours and mine does because of the substances, he has moments of clarity. Yeah. And when he sings, it's like... Who is that guy? You would you would never... It's just a mystery, okay? And this is a mystery because what inspired this is he was sitting in... He said he was sitting in a doctor's office, saw a magazine uh, cover with uh, things about... Um, the title of the magazine is God is Dead. And he started thinking about things like 9-11, the terrorist attacks, the wars that are going on between religion. And he's like, this is interesting because with all this stuff going on, why is this going on if God's out there and God is good and can stop all this stuff from happening? So why is this why is this happening? And that was the question that really kind of uh, was the thrust behind the whole song. And he says that, hey, I'm not saying that God is dead. You know, he believes that God is alive. If you if you talk to him, he says very clearly, I don't believe that God is dead. It's just a question of when you see so many dreadful people killing each other with bombs and blowing up tube trains and blowing up the World Trade Center, you, you wonder if if God is alive or dead. So I started listening to this song pretty intently, and I watched the video. Did you see the video, Dan? I did. Very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it was very interesting. Very interesting. And I really like the part with the guy stuffing the, the seafood in his face, the gluttony, just the way that we are, and the people in the suits and the ties and the corporate rooms and Man, the, the, the all, go ahead. Quick question, not yeah. to derail, because I'm fascinated by, by the angle that you're taking. Mm-hmm. But in growing up, seeing Ozzy Osbourne, there was a theatrical component, and no doubt there was some flirtation with the occult. Yeah, okay, with no doubt. Crowley, with mm-hmm. the, the Satanic Bible, whatever. I don't know all about that. But my question, when somebody uses and utilizes the term God, mm-hmm. 
do you think that he is speaking about what goes off in our mind? Because it sounded like from that video and from that song, I said, yes, he's dealing with this Judeo-Christian idea, okay, Mm -hmm. of the reality of is there God with that question mark, which is a hopefulness. It's not a Richard Dawkins arrogant, let me put on this fancy accent and tell you why you're a moron if you think that there, if you're at all believe in God. Mm -hmm. I didn't take that at all. So do you think that when he says God, he's meaning some Luciferian interpretation of God? I didn't pick that up. Not at all. I think he's very, I think he's at a good place in life. Okay. Despite the chemical abuse. I, I really do. And this is Glenn's commentary on Ozzy yeah, Osbourne. No, I hear it. Give I've it. Always, I've always been drawn to Ozzy Osbourne, even as a kid. Huh. Um, I was like, ooh, that's, that's kind of got to be really bad stuff and really hard stuff. And then I heard his song Crazy Train when I was like 12, 13. I was like, that's it? I was like, that's all this is? Gotcha. All this hype over Crazy Train. Well, see, you were in the North. You were Episcopal occasionally. Occasion, occasionally. <laughs> you were yeah. lukewarm Episcopal. Yeah. I was kind of in the heart of Baptist, kind of fundamentalist, I, I guess Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, devil worshiper. I felt guilt because I remember hearing Crazy Train. We were mm-hmm. roughly the same age. Right. I was on a bus. We're traveling somewhere. I remember hearing it going like, whoa, what is that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now they use it in car commercials. Oh, yeah. Isn't that sad? <laughs> the sad. devolution of, of what <laughs> of happens. good music, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, Toyota Camry, you know, <laughs> right after. <laughs> That's sad. It is. It's just horrible. It Shame is. on car commercials for douching out good music. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, so, but I remember hearing it and I felt so guilty for actually enjoying and looking back musically, it was the chord changes, it was the passion. It kind of had the effect of a siren, yeah. a distress call. I had that. It. I had that too. I, oh. I was conflicted with Ozzy. I, I really was. Um, I love the guy to death, though. Uh, his voice is very. It's it's very unique. It is unique. It's, it's very signature. unique. And he always, when you listen to his music, he'll tell you, you know, I don't worship the devil. Yeah, he's flirted with the occult. Even the Mister Crowley song, it's kind of a questioning, like, dude, what were you doing? You know, if you listen to it really kind of closely, he was fascinated, fascinated by the supernatural. Well, you know what I think it always with, I mean, you know, you look at the people that got involved with Alex to Crowley, you look at a lot of those people, it always involves overdosing on hedonism Yeah, is either they're trying to draw you into that. And with that comes this burnout, this emptiness. You know, the guys that are going to work, you're, you're slugging it out every day. The gals, you're going and you're working two jobs. You're taking care of your kids. You're just going through life. You might think that having piles of money that you could never spend in your life, hundreds mm-hmm. of millions, or that you could just go from orgy to orgy, or you could afford the very best of drugs to just get you out of your own mind and to numb you to, to what you don't like in, in your life, that that would be some bliss. Well, a lot of these guys, including Ozzy, they've had that opportunity. They've had Mm -hmm. limitless sums of money. They've had the best drugs. They could hang out with whoever they wanted to. They could have a sexual exploit that would be the the subject of absolute fantasy for most people. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end of that, they get right back to the fundamental questions of which you and I have this podcast about. Like, will I see you on the other side? Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne's song. Wow. When I close my eyes forever with Lita Ford. Yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. There's a lot there. But looking at this song, God is Dead, and I'd encourage people to listen to it and don't throw stones at the man and don't throw stones at Black Sabbath because it does bring up some very interesting points. 
And I started looking in the scriptures. I was like, where can I find something similar to this in the Bible? And last night I did some heavy, med- heavy, heavy metal nerdology. Okay. Yeah. I did it. And looked at Psalm 10 and discovered that the structure of Psalm 10, written by David, is the same structure as is God, de- God is Dead by Black Sabbath. So I'm just going to break this down real quick for you. This is going to be a real quick, and, uh, real quick and easy one. So in Psalm 10, verse 1, uh, David wrote, Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? Hmm. So you look at verse 1 of God is dead. Ozzy talks about being lost in the darkness, and he fades from the light. And he asks for faith to help him get out of the darkness. Wow. So basically, God, why are you hiding? Wow. Same, worded differently, uh, worded differently for a different time. And then you look at what David writes in verses 2 through 7. He talks about the state of the world. Uh, He says, The wicked uh, wicked in his pride doth uh, persecute the poor. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire and blesseth the covetous. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Sounds like the times we live. Nothing's changed. No, not at all. Nothing's changed at all. So then Ozzy, you take a look at verse 2. Talks about rivers of evil running through a dying land. Hmm. Talks about people killing, stealing, borrowing like there's no tomorrow. And, oh, this is, this is a theological statement, probably more true than what you would hear in most mainstream Christianity today. For the sinners will be damned. Wow. Well, now, oh, that's, yeah. that's biblical truth. Yeah, and that's so offensive. See, the thing that I like, I don't know what the percentage is, but it may only be 20% of metal gets into the vein which draws you and I. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Somebody that's up there for the chicks or for the money or for the whatever like that, and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to melt your face off because I'm a stud. Yeah. That stuff bypasses me completely. I don't like it's it. It's when somebody has kind of a Davidic release. David mm-hmm. was a man of passion. He was yep. a man after God's own heart. And when he releases these type things, to me, Ozzy, in those lyrics, kind of dovetails right into some fundamental human questions. One being like, where are you? Why is all this crazy stuff happening? Right. Number two is, look at how wicked and horrible the world is. And hopefully followed by number three, which you can help me to see whether that's mm-hmm. played out, being that, oh, I am, it's me, too. I am part of this wickedness. I don't know whether that's in that, okay? I don't know whether that one component, which is so important, because I don't think you can really be in a position to be in that... Um, what do you call it? That that noble place of being able to interact with God, unless the humility of going like, dude, I'm one of the same. I'm a piece of piece of junk here. Exactly, exactly, and that is that is in here. Um, okay, Edit yeah, stop. yeah, Dan, Dan, it isn't Dan, it isn't there, and it's actually in the first verse of the song. Uh, where he says, blood on my conscience and murder in okay. my mind. Yeah, yeah. see there? He There's identifies fundamental with questions. It. God, where are you? Are you dead? Are you alive? Or, or, or did you leave me? What did I do? And it, it's that situation of seeing the world for what it is and then morally seeing ourselves for what we are. That's a huge deal. Totally huge. And then you get to verse 3 of God is dead and the last stanza of that verse man i'm throwing down some music terminology today aren't oh, yeah, music yeah. music appreciation with <laughs> unpastor glenn from darkness will come light hmm. so in psalm 10 verse uh, verse 12 arise O lord O god 
lift up thine hand, forget not the humble. God's going to arise. Wow. So what's even more interesting about it is he asked the question in verse uh, 4 of the song, do you believe a word what the good book said, or is it just a holy fairy tale? Wow. That's deep, because if you look what even David said in verse 4 of Psalm 10, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Wow. So the wicked man doesn't even think about God. All this that we're talking about to a wicked man, right. it's just a fairy tale. Well, the beauty is... Ozzy is actually approaching those questions yes. in himself. There's hope to God and somebody that would ask something like that. Talk about disrupting groupthink. You know, mm-hmm. at a lot of churches, not, not, we're not bad mouthing ministry, not bad mouthing nope. churches, except for like eighty percent of them. Eighty, so. eighty. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've just we've had some wild experiences, and when I hear somebody a little bit on the outside, a little bit free to be able to say something, a lot of times those fundamental questions are not what's being dealt with. No, they're it's not. It's some smiley guy telling you how everything can work out right if you put money in his coffers or buy his stupid book. Yeah. And I, I just and it's not This can there, be your best life ever. Whoa, right dude, now. That, that really, you know, and then give me a creepy smile that distresses people's pets like dog if you have a german shepherd and they watch certain tv preachers that thing is like going to get really activated yeah, it's going to want to eat something all this strangely bright white teeth it's no. not natural to have no. teeth that bright <laughs> it's 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 not at all oh, dude now like, what's interesting is that the song um god is dead comes from their album entitled 13 so let's go to psalm 13 we're gonna skip a few here And I was totally fascinated by this because we read it one way and the way that it was probably, it's like any, it's like a song. You, you interpret it one way Mm -hmm. and it may not be what's really being said until you really kind of dive into it a little bit. And what brought me to Psalm 13 is the band Beyond the Black from Germany, symphonic metal band. They started in 2015. Absolutely. I absolutely love that band. I just found them. <laughs> gee, where was I? I just found them like three or four months ago. Absolutely phenomenal band. And they hit on some things that are really, really interesting. And they just came out with a new album. And of course, I was one of the guys who pre-ordered it and, and, and got it. Heart of the Hurricane. Boy, that's really applicable to where we're broadcasting yeah, from, it, it, isn't it? And there's a song on there, My God is Dead. And, of course, if you take it at face value, everybody would be like, okay, let's start the bonfire and start, you know, start burning the records. But looking at what's going on here, and when you listen to the song, yeah, there's a disappointment, there's a bit of an angst, but it's very sorrowful. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even even from looking directly at it, when you see that it doesn't say God is dead and no. just repeat some mundane atheist mantra, right? Right. It sits there and says... My God, there was a personal disappointment. Somebody mm-hmm. may have fed them some lines or just in general, we think that, oh, if God's real, then I'll win the lottery. If God's will, um, that the hot girl will say yes. If God's real, then my bank account's going to fill up and all the nonsense that gets preached. And when suddenly it's it's Australian rules football and they yeah. get a tooth knocked out, they think that it's, oh no, God is it, God doesn't exist. I so, don't know. I don't so you mean bad. to tell me my bank account's not going to fill up? Well, Glenn, it depends on how much you give 
and sow your seed oh, into okay. this, this ministry right up in here. <laughs> the ministry okay. of Dan. I'm going to have 15 ways that you can give. You can give online. You can give in person. So, you can give in cash. So long as you send me the holy juniper tree seed I, seed pack. No, I'm going to give you a prayer cloth. Yeah, all right. Okay. Okay. Back to Beyond the Black, though, is that I absolutely love this band. Absolutely love Jennifer Haven, the lead singer of the band. She is just phenomenal. You like girl singers in metal. I mean, that... I do too. It does something to me. Well, you know what it is? Part of it is Sonic, not to be the audiophile nerd, but that rises above the mix. Like a lot of metal bands, even the guys, like, eh, it goes all falsetto. Right. It it rises above the mix, but go ahead. I'm nerding out. But I looked at Psalm 13, and I did some digging into this. And Psalm 13, verse 1, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? So basically, we have the same thing that's going on here that Ozzy Osbourne is talking about. Same thing that we got going on in Psalm 10. So I dug into Matthew Henry's commentary last night. Shameful. I know. <laughs> Did a little academic research. And I was like, what, what does Matthew Henry have to say about this? What was David's state of mind? All right. And what Matthew Henry said is that this was a sorrowful, basically a sorrowful uh, statement of disappointment in God on behalf of David. David at this point in life, uh, he said, consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. So basically, at this point in time, David is feeling that God has left him. God has forgotten all of his promises. God has forgotten the covenant that he made with him. And David's saying, okay, you forgot all this stuff. Just let me die. Hmm. Just, just let me go. And when you listen to My God is Dead by Beyond the Black, you hear that sorrow. You hear the disappointment. In the song, uh, I watched as all the loved ones once returned to dust, the world we used to live in, it drowns in rust. With, with all the souls you gave us, with all those tears, you don't try to stop it in all those years. My God is dead. I pledged you my soul and my heart. There you go. My God is dead. I gave you my heart. I gave you my soul. And all this bad stuff around me is happening. And that's exactly what David's saying in here in Psalm 13. Yeah, it, it's a bellowing of disappointment. It, it's it a, is. It's a tragic disappointment by what they perceived would have been the affections of, of the Almighty, and, and, and it, it didn't happen in the way they perceived it. So then, what's interesting about this song by Beyond the Black is it doesn't say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is dead. Hmm. It says, my God is dead. Yeah, that's significant. So... Which God is it? Because we put a lot of things in our lives. I, I could look up to somebody as an idol, as this, this person that is a pillar of the community and put all my trust in that person or even somebody that I fell in love with. I put all my trust in them and then they fail me. Yeah. And then there's that disappointment. Well, how common is it to hear theologically that if you're right with God, everything goes right for you? It's not very common within these pages no, right here. it's not. Okay, this is this is tragic. This is like rated R, like NC-17 and beyond. It okay? is. The whole entire thing. Especially when you get to the Song of Solomon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it, it seriously is all over it. And then to sit there and what is mostly preached manipulates the, the common psychological rudiment of we want to avoid pain and pursue pleasure. And how can we bait these human mammals? Let's let's get them to do what we want by saying, if you give me something, something good's going to happen to you. It's been going on since the Renaissance. It's transactional. Our, yeah. We Elaborate. Believe, yeah, we believe it's transactional. If I do this, then God's going to do this for me. Right. 
if I do this, if I'm this good, then then God's going to do good things for me. Or if I'm bad, God's going to do bad things to me. Now, that does happen sometimes. It does. But all the good things that have happened in my life have absolutely nothing to do with how good I am. They're, they're more, I would say, relational. Yes. Um, like... In the same way that a son could be chastised, a son could also be blessed and privileged. Right. And you could interpret it one way or the other. Okay, whoa, I'm getting a rough time. Things are going on. I'm being chastised as a son, which is a good thing, but it hurts and you don't like it. Or conversely, you could be, oh, wow, I'm going to give you the uh, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. We're going to bless you and you absolutely don't deserve it. And it's not usually based off of some sort of, um, what do you call it, individual merit? Mm-hmm. You know, I was uh, reading before we got here a little bit about uh, Martin Luther, and they were talking about confession. And Martin Luther would go through and he would try to confess each and everything. But he was so scared. He goes, the propensity of the human ego is to hide shameful things and right. to hide things that you would feel convicted about. And he would go one by one and by one. And then finally, he was like, this is absolutely, he goes, does a physician have to probe each pustule? To claim that a patient has got smallpox, yeah. right? Right. And he said that the individual mandate for for confession, to try to clean yourself up one little transaction at a time so that you get the mercy of God, he said was, I can't remember what they said, but it was basically the, the, a mantra of despair. It was, it was a, an ideology of just a train wreck. It's yeah. not going to work. Not at all. Here's something that occurred to me when I was brushing my teeth this morning. Oh, do tell. <laughs> I don't want to hear about any other things you did. Yes, as, as I was using the Sensodyne, um, because when you take a look at Psalm 10 and you take a look at Psalm 13, they all resolve with David starting to rejoice in the Lord. He comes to, the, there's a resolution. He, he's resilient. He bounces back. At the beginning or at, at the, the end? end. At okay. the end. Because he seems end. like he's despairing yeah. at the he's beginning. He's despairing, but at, the end, of, at okay. the end of each of these psalms, David rebounds and starts to praise the Lord. Which kind of indicates to me that he didn't write these psalms all in one sitting. I have never known anybody to rebound from questioning or being in that deep level of sorrow within about an hour, two hours, three hours. Who knows what amount of time elapsed between the time that he came to the resolution that, hey, I'm going to praise the Lord no matter what. And it's interesting because what Matthew Henry said, especially about Psalm 13, where David is sorrowfully expressing disappointment in God, is that such expressions come forth from the fact that the person who's expressing that disappointment doesn't want to be disappointed wow. in God. That they're actually wanting to get closer to God. Key difference and something that I find remarkable is that we're, I don't know where um, this particular group or Ozzy Osbourne are. We don't. With the fun, we, don't, we don't know that. And don't it's know. not our point to be able to comment on that. But the difference is we do know that David, as flawed as he was, doesn't that give you hope? Yeah, he was a messed up dude. He was a messed up dude. Liar, murderer, adulterer, all that stuff. He was a passionate man. The scripture said he was a man after God's own heart. So he does all this particular stuff, but he responded to God with open arms as God touched him and met him. So he wasn't a rock crying out. 
No, he was okay. not. These no. others, possibly. Possibly. We don't know where they're at. Don't know. But God will speak through at least one part of that story a lot through people that are just being honest with the human situation. They don't know what's going on. They've been dissed by religion or they've been messed up by life. They've been filled with false doctrine, whatever's happened. But they're in that position where they're going, oh God, or God is dead and they're distressing. And it's our prayer and our hope that all of our listeners, that you're in that place like David, that you can actually hear despair, deal with these fundamental common questions of life. There's nothing they're singing about that every single man, woman, girl, oh, child. You're that's, lying. That's, you're lying if you've never been disappointed with God. Exactly. And you can paint on a face and be like and sing along with the songs, but this is so honest. That's one thing that fundamentally I find so remarkable about the scripture. Because if you're, listen, maybe you don't believe in God. That's fine. Maybe you don't believe the Bible. Maybe you had a bad experience. That's, that's, that's okay. You're going to have to walk through that. Okay. But if you compare the Hindu sacred scriptures that talk about elephants propping up the earth and turtles and all that stuff or whatever one that you want to find. Okay. There are none of them that address the human condition so honestly. Okay. It will show what other book do you know that came out of a theocracy, one particular nation state that shows their shame. I can't think of that. Okay, you know, it, you would think that it would be like they, they would showboat how great all the kings of Israel were. Imagine what And how great uh, David was. Yeah. It wouldn't be yeah. tabloidal. It's, it's one of those things that you sit there and look. It's one of the highlights of why I consider the scriptures rather than all these other texts. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're either fanciful or they just, like, like Buddhism, okay? Buddhism, I will say, when I look at it and I study it, it seems to be the most honest that doesn't offer any anecdote. Yeah, It's all suffering. It all yeah. just pretty much sucks. You're just going to have to do your thing with it, right? But yet, that is way more honest than TV preachers that promise that everything's going to work out right if you sow right. a love gift into their ministry. Exactly. So... You know, and there's a lot of questions that you and I have about this stuff because it's not that simple. Why is there evil in the world? Oh. Why do bad things happen to good people? And a lot of times in Christian world, things get cliched and boiled down to the box. As everybody that's listened to this program knows that I had a brain tumor 10 years ago. Well, one response I got to that, well, if that's God's will... Yeah, that really made me feel good. Or being born that ugly. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's God's will. <laughs> that's God's I'm will. You're one handsome dude. Thank you, you too, Dan. Oh, thanks, man. Me too. Um, but that's just, there's things we don't know. So we're going to do an interview with Steve Rotrammel, a good friend of ours. Yeah. Who's actually been exploring these things and helped bring to some of this to light for Dan and I. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited about interviewing Steve. He's writing a book. But you think about, Glenn, evil in the world. It's such a recurring theme. Like even when after the new millennium, a thousand years, tears are wiped away, mm -hmm. everything going good, Jesus running everything, what happens? It's going to happen again. There's going to be evil. There's going to be an uprising. He's released. Mm -hmm. The devil is released again to tempt the nation. So Why? There's, there's this recurring theme at which God is like, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I know that I believe the scripture, mm-hmm. but we could be in some simulation that God wanted to make to be able to, I don't know. It could be, we, we try to humanize everything that God does. We well, do. he should do this. Like we have some superior moral Yeah, God, um, you know, what you should do here is, yeah, spare me from the lightning. Yeah, it's like the thing on the potter's wheel. And I go, time out a second. Okay, God, sorry. You got this. I don't, want, wrong, to be, I don't want to be a vessel of wrath or destruction. Glenda doesn't have to do that. He's a vessel of all these How good about things. that guy? I don't there, yeah, that guy over there never has to do that. It's not fair, God. And God's like, "Look, uh I'm God and you're going to play the part, you know. If I get to be the toilet of the universe for all eternity, then well, amen." <laughs> So unchristian. <laughs> I'm never doing another podcast with you. You're a jerk. All right. Un- un- Unpastor Flushy McFlusher over here. Um, well, Dan, I think we're going to have to break a rule today. <laughs> Is that what happens every time that you have a bright idea? God's trying to tell you something. That was the good idea, Ferry, telling me that we're going to have to do more than one podcast this month. Okay. So what we're going to do is break this one up into two segments. Uh, We've talked a lot about uh, Black Sabbath and the song, God is Dead, with the question mark, and and Beyond the Blacks, My God is Dead. We're going to do our interview in the next segment coming up in five days with Steve Rotrammel. He's going to talk to us about his perception as to why God allows evil in the world. Deep subject. It, it takes time, my brother. Yeah, you just can't put that all in one podcast. And we're going to ask him what his take is on this Beyond the Black song, My God is Dead. Good stuff. Oh, 